This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. What's up? Welcome into episode 94 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. The other host, Steve Cerruti, is here. Cerruti, what's good? Haven't talked to you in a few days. How you been, bud? Um, all right. I am continuing. This is like the uh, the quarantine of Cerruti where he just becomes chip from Flip or Flop and just basically redoes <laughs> his entire house. I have come straight off of painting my deck, my back deck. As you know, I've built a patio and now I've painted the back deck. I'm ready to start my own television show where I'm just flipping houses. Is that why when I texted you about the time to do this, you said you were unsure of the time because you were painting the back deck? Partially, yes. I wanted to get it in before it got really, really, really hot and was too late in the afternoon. Yes. So I did. I was able to get it done. It took a little bit longer than I thought. But we, luckily, we don't have like a huge deck area. But I tell you what, like now that I don't have a ton to do, doing all these things around the house, it's pretty freaking awesome. And I wish that I invested in Home Depot or Low Stock because I feel like everyone now is just doing shit around their house because they have nothing else that they can really do. So they're just doing home improvement things. Yes, can confirm. All of my friends are redoing their decks. They are doing their floors, getting new drapes, all sorts of home improvement things. Yeah, we really miss the boat on Low Stock. Yeah, Lowe's, Home Depot. I've been to Lowe's and Home Depot probably the most other than the grocery store during this quarantine time. That's a true story. I've probably been to Home Depot and Lowe's more in the last two months than I have in my entire life combined. Also, Steve, when I first called you to join the pod, you didn't pick up. And I noticed that your voicemail says, it's your voice. It says, hey, it's me, Steve. You know, leave a message, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Which shocked me because I don't know. Wait, what? Yes. I honestly, whether it's someone in my family, friends, me personally, most people just have the automated, like, you've reached 314, blah, 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 leave a message, like the automated voice. So to hear your voice saying, hey, it's Steve, can't come to the phone, leave me a message, beep, was shocking to me. If you have your voice on the voicemail, it's almost like having vanity plates. That's how I feel. Oh, no way. Get out of here. That's that's so disrespectful. First off, that is probably from when I was 18 years old or maybe even around there, like when I got my first phone, because I've never touched it in more than a decade easily. I don't even know what it says. And I find it weird when people don't. Well, I guess it's not as bad as if you have one that's not set up when you call someone like, oh, you're you're free someone who doesn't have their voicemail set up or whatever. It's like, how the hell in 2020 do you not have your voicemail set up? That seems odd to me. But I like a good message. I'm glad it's there. Maybe it's time for me to update it. Maybe I should spice it up a little bit because it was definitely high school, Steve, that recorded that. So I'm going to call BS on that because I think you have to re-record it every time you get a new phone. No, you don't. I haven't. So that's not true. Hmm. We need tech support. I've got the same number. I think it's if you have the same number on the same carrier, I'm pretty sure. I know for a fact that I have not re-recorded it in that in that long, so that it has to be true. It has to just roll over. Hmm. If you work for a cell phone company, hit us up because I need to know the answer to this. Because it would really please me to know that every time you get a new phone, you're sitting there thinking about what you want to say on your, on your voicemail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the exact tone that you want to strike, the words that you want to say. Maybe you've redone it two or three times until you really nail it. That is so against what I would expect you to do that it's bringing me great joy. Yeah, but so against me, too. Like, would you think of me being someone who is really into their voicemail? No, never. That's why I love it. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that I still have it and it is there should show you that I haven't touched that damn thing in a long time. I think I had, when I had my work phone at ESPN, I think I did my voicemail then saying, hey, it's Michelle Smallman with Rosalind Canal. 
Sorry, Mr. Call. <laughs> yeah, something just letting people know, hey, it's me from this show that called you. You know, so I, I don't know. But I don't think I've done a voicemail since then. See, I don't even leave voicemails. I don't even know the last time I left a voicemail. I hate talking on the phone just in general. I wish my phone didn't even have phone capabilities, to be honest with you. I was, I'm trying to think of the last time I left a voicemail. I think I left a voicemail with a friend for a birthday because I called her for her birthday and she didn't pick up. And I left a happy birthday. Well, that was so weird, but not in that voice, but like a happy birthday voicemail. <laughs> no, it probably was in like the drunk, bubbly white girl voice. Yeah, and uh, I've had two glasses of vino verde. Happy birthday, girl. Hope this year's well, as fab as you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter about calling people anymore. If you don't leave a, some sort of shrine to someone in your Instagram story on their birthday, then you're not actually good friends. See, and I'm Only so bad at that. I text or call on the birthday. I do not do the Instagram story thing because I always forget. I'm just, I'm not used to it. So I forget. Yeah. I always see like, you know, it'll be a girl and she'll post every photo she has in her phone with that person. And every single piece of the story will be like one word. And it's so ridiculous. It's like, that is so time consuming. And there are some girls who do it for dozens and dozens of people. Like I get, all right, you got a couple good friends. You do it for a good friend. That's fine. You do it for a family member. But there are girls that are like repeat offenders in my Instagram stories. It's like, you have a new birthday sh- shrine every other day. Like how many friends do you have? I don't even want that many friends. <laughs> and are you just going through your photos late at night, liking them and putting them into different folders and categories so that when it's Jennifer's birthday, you have the photos ready to go and upload? Because that's the thing for me, probably why I don't do it, is because sifting through the photos to find, like if it was your birthday, Steve, to find three photos of you to post happy birthday, Steve, on three different slides would take me a while to find the photos. It's just too much energy. You know what I'm going to do from now on? I think this would be funny, is I'm going to, every time it's someone's birthday, like a friend of mine's birthday, like on your birthday, Michelle, I'll post a picture of you and I, but I'll mostly crop you out of it. And I'll just say, like, happy birthday, Michelle. And it'll just be like a picture of me in, in my Instagram story because it's me looking good. Oh, you'll pull the Rosillo? Remember when he used to do that with the celebrity guest we'd oh, have? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did it with Joan Hall. That's yeah. Call. So I can't take it. Rosillo did that. There you go. So people are going to probably make fun of me for that now. The only reason people post these pictures is because they probably look good in that picture. And they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to post this picture with my friend. But I kind of look good in this. It was from like 10 years ago. Oh, Maybe yeah. like I'm looking tan, looking pretty fit. I'm going to post this as a TBT happy birthday because it's going to make me feel better. So, you know what? As a podcast that wants people to feel good about themselves, as I said, we're pro plastic surgery. We're pro just about everything to make yourself feel better. Right. I guess I'm okay with it, but I can silently judge you when you have dozens of them. Well, Steve, do you know when my birthday is? I don't. I'm, I know who. <laughs> I know who my immediate family's birthday. I know my wife's birthday, and I know a couple of my friends' birthdays, and that's it. Like male friends' birthdays. Other than that, no idea. I can give you a general month for some people. I don't even know if I can give you a month. Okay, guess you, guess uh, the month. Because isn't yours in November? Mine is in November. Yes, yep, I, rem- November. I remember that. Do you want to guess? Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's November early. 23rd. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll damn. Spoil it. Nope, not, not early. Yeah. I knew it was um, November, but okay, so go ahead. See if you can guess the month of my birth. How crazy is this that we've talked every week and we're really good friends and we do not know each other's birthdays? <laughs> I'm not a big birthday person. I don't even like my own birthday. Whenever people are like, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm like, nothing. That's what I want. It. I, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to like avoid people at all costs. Right, But right. <laughs> I think, uh, I'm trying to think of when your birthday. When I hear it, I'm going to be annoyed. Yeah. I want to say you'll, you'll know it's it as in soon August. As... You're right. It is in August. Good job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so I'm pleased that you got the month right. Okay. Uh, Do you want to guess the date? Uh, if you I get it right, I'll Mike's die. My birthday is in early August. I don't even know the day. I think it's like 4th or 5th. I'm going to say, is it the 21st? Mm, no. Wrong. I'll give you one more guess. 
Hot or cold? How about if I say higher or lower? So what, how many days is there in August 31? Yeah, you sound about right. Something we should have learned in elementary school. But who cares? We have calendars today. Okay, 31 days. So there's 31 days in August. So with 31 being high and one being low, if you guess 21, you need to go lower. 14. Oh, my gosh. You're so close. You are so close. 13th? 13th, yep. August 13th. That's my birthday. Look at that. It only took me three guesses to guess your birthday. I had, 100, I had 365 days that I could have guessed, and it took me three tries. That's actually damn impressive. I am so impressed. Way to go, Steve. This is amazing. Good job. I pay attention sometimes. You know what's funny too, though, is I don't know your birth. I don't know your exact birthday. I don't know a lot of my friends' exact birthdays. I probably know under ten people. I know their exact birthday, but I will remember random friends' phone numbers from when they were sixteen years old. It'll be engraved into my mind for the rest yeah. of my life. Well, you'll always remember your high school friends' phone numbers and birthdays because you had to write them down and you had to type in the you numbers. You literally had to dial them. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of high school, I've been hanging out with my high school friends a lot lately. And it's funny, we just talked about the fact that we still remember our parents' landline numbers, even though none of our parents have landlines anymore, because you'd call your friends every single day. So you would remember their numbers all the time. But uh, we've been hanging out. My friend Joe bought a restaurant. He is an amazing pizza chef. He apprenticed in Brooklyn and in Italy, and so he can cook a mean pie. And so he bought this restaurant space, and he's renovating it. It's not open yet, but it has this great courtyard patio. So some of our friends from high school have been hanging out there at a social distance, drinking. It's just been a really nice thing to do to be able to see people without having to go somewhere, right? He's got this, this great location for us to hang out at. And... We were talking about all the dumb stuff we used to do in high school. And one of the things we did, and we do not condone teenage drinking on this podcast, but we have to acknowledge the things that we did in the past. And I did drink in high school occasionally. And we used to party at... You're a Catholic, you're a Catholic student. You're a Catholic girl. You can't be drinking in high school. Come I, on. I know. I know. I mean, I, some of us make mistakes, Steve. You know, you got to own up to your mistakes. But in this neighborhood that was building a, like a second part of the neighborhood. There were some streets that didn't really have houses on them. And at the end of an empty street, at the end of a cul-de-sac, we would drink Bud Lights and we would just throw the Bud Lights kind of in the construction site. <laughs> and we would call it, the we called it the chillin' spot. <laughs> and so now <laughs> we're calling my friend's restaurant the chillin' spot 2.0 because it's us as adults <laughs> hanging out together and drinking Bud Lights. But I thought, how okay. how dumb that we would be calling each other on our landlines being like hey want to go to the chilling spot tonight <laughs> we were such losers you know what i'm so glad you brought this up because the other day maddie and i were going for a walk with the dogs right and because that's all we do now is walk we just do walks every day because right. that's nothing else to do yeah and we walked by this local school and there was a bunch of cars not a bunch it was probably like four or five cars that were parked in the parking lot they were all in a circle clearly like social distancing and they were all drinking in a parking lot, right? And I think they were, like, older. They were probably middle-aged parents' age. So, like, shout out to them for having a good time. Right. And I was like, wow, that's hilarious. That's high school. And Maddie was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, drinking in high Like, I don't know if I specifically drank in a parking lot in high school. But that's the thing when you think of teenagers, because they never had nowhere else to drink. They would just drink in some random parking lot somewhere, right? And she was like, wow, that's ridiculous. I've never heard of that before. And I'm like, how have you never heard of Wait, teenagers drinking in parking lot? That's what every teen movie is based on. Random teens drinking in parking lot. She had... That idea was so foreign to her. I was like, where the hell did you grow up? 
I cannot believe that she never drank in a parking lot. We used to drink at our high school's parking lot before the cops came wow. and would, I know, talk about idiots. We literally, and our high school is on a main road and we would drink in the front parking lot right in front of the school. But it's just, that's a dumb move. it yeah. was so stupid, but that's what everybody did for years and years and years. And finally the cops were like, hey, dum-dums, like maybe get out of here. And a bunch of people got drinking tickets. So then we had to move. So we would move down the street. I can't believe I'm admitting all this. Again, if you're under the age of 21 out there, do not drink. It's not worth it. You will get a drinking ticket and yeah, you will feel miserable the next day, right? I have to give that caveat. That's your limitations. It's probably expired though, right? Yeah, I mean, I did get a drinking ticket once in high school, so it's double jeopardy. You can't give me the same. <laughs> you can't. Oh, you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're good. Which was a whole other story that we can talk about another day. And in the most Midwestern turn of events, it was at a party in a cornfield where all of us got drinking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, That's pretty much what every big student, Big Ten student has to right. like, You have to put that on your resume to get to right. a Big like, Ten school. Did you even really got drunk in a cornfield? Right. Did you even really <laughs> grow up in the Midwest if you didn't get drunk in a cornfield? The answer is no. But we went from our high school parking lot where we would drink. Literally, caddy corner from the high school was a Sonic, and we would go to Sonic and we would get strawberry cherry limeades and we would pour vodka in it, and then we would get drunk and eat po- popcorn chicken <laughs> and some cheesy tater tots or whatever. It was awesome. Damn, I don't know if we ever did. I've never drank in a cornfield. I'm trying to think of the weirdest place that I ever drank when I was underage. Like when, you know, again, not condoning it, but just we're telling stories here. Come on, let's be honest. This, this shit happens. Right. Oh, by the way, so Maddie is watching this. Speaking of Maddie, she's watching this show called Normal People. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. She and I have been talking about it. A ton of my friends have watched it. They say it's very good. But per Maddie's advice, I've ordered the book first. So I'm waiting to read the book before I watch the show. I don't find the show particularly interesting. It's very, very sexual, and it's very depressing. And oh. It's not my cup of tea. But I have been, like, doing work, doing things around, and she's had it on, and I glanced at it. And it takes place, I believe, in Ireland. The drinking age there is 18. So, like, all these kids are in high school, and they're, like, just going to the pub. They're going to the bar in high school. Like, could you imagine if in high school, first off, it would have sucked for me because I didn't turn 18 until I got to college, so I would have completely missed out on, the, on all that, and it's total bullshit. But could you imagine being able to go to a pub in high school? That's fucking insane to me. But like in in Europe, they're just like, fuck it, we're Europeans. We don't really give a shit. I went to a bar in high school, not proud of it, but there was a bar, not going to name names, that would let us drink there. It It was more the summer going into college. And then when we would come back for like Christmas break, Thanksgiving break or whatever, and it was a very hometowny bar and it was more or less like coming through the back door. There was a ton of people there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a thing. But the things that you got away with, then, just like our parents got away with way more than we did, our, the kids today will never get away with stuff like that. And it's probably better because it's better decision-making and they're not going to get in trouble and it's better for their health. You know what sucks? I guess it's the good and the bad thing about kids today and what they're able to do and get away with is that kids are stupid. And I'll admit, I was totally stupid when I was younger. Um, I'm still stupid, but I was more stupid when I was younger. And the fact that they put everything on social media, it's so easy to catch people doing things now. Like, it's probably hard for kids to sneak around because you can just check their Snapchat or check their Instagram story. and You probably know what's going on or where they are, what they're doing at all times. And that probably, they're basically like self-incriminating themselves whenever they're going out and trying to have a good time. So I wonder how kids sort of circumvent that nowadays. Whereas back then, if I told my parents I was going to my friend Brian's house, 
I would just go to another friend's house and go to a party and be drinking. They would never think twice about it. And now parents are like, oh, let me just check my, you know, my kid's social. And yeah. they'll be able to know exactly what their kid is doing because kids can't stop posting things that they're doing on social media. I know so I wonder answer. how they get around that. I know the answer. Burner accounts? Kids today have a Finsta, a fake Insta. And they have the one that their Whoa. friends and family see where they post, like, got the blue ribbon at the swim meet. <laughs> and then they have their Finsta that's, like, baby doll 225 that's them chugging in a cornfield out of a beer bong. And Wait, I, this is confirmed? You know this for sure? I know this for sure because one of my friends told me that they busted their kid's Finsta. And it was because their kid was logged into the Finsta and liked something, I think, accidentally on the parents' page or something. And they were like, what wow. is this? And then they looked and they're like, oh, that's my daughter's picture. And then they were like, give me your phone. And they looked and there was two different accounts that they were logging in back and forth. And it's a very popular thing, I guess, all these kids. Yeah, of course they're going to post. Because think about it. I mean, I would try to leave the house in a halter top and my dad would be like, Mm-mm, nope turn it right back around, right? <laughs> but there was, if I was getting ready at my friend's house, guess what was in my spend the night bag? The halter top. You know, you know, that. What's, up? <laughs> what's up? And we were taking pictures in the halter top, but I was, I was printing them out at CVS and I wasn't bringing them home, or at least I was hiding them from my dad. <laughs> you know, I was not letting him know that the express halter top was still in, in the mix. Like it was not happening, but. Shout out express too. What's up? Shout and the living an old school structure. Oh. Structure was my shit back in the day. I could see you being a big, big patron of structure, big time. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. totally. Structure was a little bit, you know, I was never like a huge Abercrombie guy, but I had some stuff. American Eagle was in there, but structure, oh my God, let's go. Shout out Structure and Express. And remember they used to be right next to each other because they were sister brother stores. So it's like you could walk into Structure mm-hmm. with your boyfriend and then be like, I'm going to go to the Express side, meet you at the cash register, <laughs> babe, or like whatever. But anyway, yeah, just like I used to hide the halter tops or whatever, they're hiding their Instagrams. Yeah, see, that's hilarious. And I, I guess that makes sense. And that's why it's just eye-opening kids today. I've never felt older when I hear things like that. You're like, okay, I need a fake Instagram account or a fake social media account. Because obviously you want to tell your friends you're doing all these cool things, but you're not going to be able to do all these cool things if your parents know about it. I don't know if I'd have the attention span, the patience, the energy to have two Instagram accounts. Like This goes back to like the cheating thing. Our main question was we wanted to talk to a cheater. Be like, how do you do this? Like, How do you have the energy to do this? I don't know if I'd have the energy... I definitely wouldn't have it now. Maybe I'd have it then. But to have to run two separate Instagram accounts or two separate social media accounts, one of me being the angel. I guess, you know, it's like when you do that whole like me on LinkedIn versus me on Facebook versus me on Twitter versus me on Tinder. It goes four different pictures that people were posting. I guess that's real life, but on the same platform. And let's be honest, what are kids doing? They have the time to do two Instagram accounts. They're going to school. They're going to practice, whatever, doing their homework, and then they have all night. You have tons of time to be able to exit. I mean, Steve, we talked about us staying on the phone with our high school boyfriend and girlfriends for hours. We definitely would have had the time to do two Instagram accounts. Yeah, which I look back at that, and I'm like, that was so dumb. I'm, like, embarrassed that I did that. I'm not even embarrassed because, you know, I was basically modern-day simping um, <laughs> being on the phone for so long. But also, I'm like, I hate talking. I was I just said, I hate talking on the phone now. And the fact that, like, I remember there would be times where you would just talk on the phone for, like, hours on end. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. I would be so bored today doing that. But... I don't know, man. I guess I was just a different dude back then. Okay, wait. Now that we're talking high school, it's bringing me... I'm smiling through this because it's reminding me of a fun time in our lives, of a happy time. Let's carry this same energy. Let's play a high school game. You want to play Would You Rather? 
Uh, I would love to play Would You Rather. I'm always playing Would You Rather. <laughs> okay, because we were talking about this again with my high school friends of things that you would do when you were drinking. You would play Truth or Dare. You would play Would You Rather. You would play Never Have I Ever. You would play all these different drinking games is what you did when you got together with your friends. So, okay, let's bring Would You Rather to the pod. All right, I'll come up with some. You come up with some. Who wants to go first? you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, You want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Because Yeah, because I think I might have more. Okay, go. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out which one I want to start with, which one would be good. All right, how, you know what? This is a good one to start with because you were just talking about basically being in your hometown and hanging out with your hometown friends, right, because there's nowhere to go. Right. How about this? Would you rather be able to live anywhere in the world that you wanted, but you have to start a new life and you cannot see your family or friends, or you have to live in your hometown and never leave? You literally cannot go outside your hometown. This is the worst question you've ever asked me. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm living it right now. You know, I'm in St. Louis with my friends. This is specifically catered to you. Yeah. This is, you, like, this is the first one I came up with. And I'm like, Michelle would hate this question because she's living it right now. I literally hate it so much. And you bitch, how dare you come at me with this tough question? Because um, I am living it right now. You know, I wake up every day and we still can't really. I mean, I know a lot of people are traveling, but it's still not something that I've chosen to do yet. And I think about it and I think, okay, I'm in a city that I love. Uh, my friends and my family are here. I have people to hang out with every day, you know, whether it's my friends, like I said, socially distancing or we've been doing our family dinners again, socially distancing. It's awesome. But I'm landlocked and I'm in the sweltering St. Louis humidity. And the best part about living in Missouri it, or well, my family lives in Illinois. The best part about living in St. Louis is the people that live there and the fact that it's central and you can travel easily, right? You can go to the West Coast, you can go to the East Coast. It's an affordable place to live so you can afford to travel. So when the travel portion is taken out of it, you're like, wow, okay, I'm really here for a while. Okay, so I think I'm going to, as much as it pains me though, say that I would rather stay here because it's not about where you are, Steve. It's about the people that you're with. And I would choose spending time with my true blue friends and my family that I love dearly. As much as I would love to be on a boat in Italy right now, I mean, I would do unspeakable things to be in the motherland right now, just having an Aperol spritz on a boat. I would choose my family and my friends over travel any day. So as much as it sucks, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> what about you? So I agree with you because it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, like start a new life. And I can, and by the way, what I'm saying, you can live anywhere you want. The expenses are kind of paid. Like you could live yeah. in Paris and you're in Paris and you're having a baller lifestyle and you know, you're meeting all these new people and you're partying and you're doing this thing. I don't think I could ever just leave. I guess it's more about my intimate friends and my immediate family. I would just never want to not talk to them again. So yeah. if that meant that I had to stay in my hometown, which, you know, I'm not like I love my hometown. Like, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. It's a decent place. And if I had to live there, it wouldn't be at the end of the world. But what carries over the top, I would love to live somewhere else. I would love to travel the world. I would love to be this international man of mystery. But at the end of the day, I'd want to come back and see my family and talk to them about my experiences, my family and friends. And if I couldn't do that, then I guess I would have to live in my hometown for the rest of my life. But I wouldn't be very happy about it. I would probably hold it against my friends and family but just by doing it. So I also never understand people that can travel solo. I always marvel at the solo traveler because if I couldn't look at someone, like say Paris, if we're in Paris and I'm eating the best baguette of my life and I couldn't look at someone with my mouth full of bread and be like, this is unbelievable and share that with someone, the experience wouldn't be as great. You know, it's kind of, 
lessened to me if I don't have someone awesome to share it with. So to think even though I would be in Italy, I would be really isolated and trying to be buddy-buddy with the locals. And they're like, who is this American? Get her out of here. Actually, they would love me because I have uh, have Italian heritage and Italian eyes. But um, so so the old Italian men would tell me when I lived in Verona, they would be like, Leoki Italiani, you have Italian eyes. I was like, yes, I do. Yes, thank you. Um, Please don't hate me because I'm American. But it just wouldn't be the same. I would rather hang out with people and have those experiences with people I love, which, you know. Okay, well, let me throw a wrinkle in there really quick. I I don't know if this will change your mind, but maybe it will. If you were to tell me that I could take Maddie with me, I uh, see. I still don't know. I still obviously miss my parents and my friends. If you could take one person, though, anyone that you wanted, one person with you, so you're not traveling alone, does that change your mind? Um, no, because I would want my parents to be there. I love my parents. <laughs> you know, and Basically, I, especially yeah. like I think about them getting older. I would never, the reason I moved home to St. Louis is that I wanted to be around my family. You know, I'm an only child. I, mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to be near my family and my family's super close. We get together all my, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, like we all get together all the time. And the older I get too, it's like my family, while they're my family, we're all legitimately friends with each other. We, you know, it's Sunday dinner and we've queued up Steely Dan and we're drinking beers and singing at the top of our lungs. You know, we're fr- we're literally friends. So I, plus I couldn't split up my parents. I couldn't just say, hey, mom's coming with me. Good luck, dad. You yep. know, sorry, dad. Sorry, dad. <laughs> Peace out. I could Figure never it out. And then the one, or go know, ahead. I, I was just going to say, and I'm not married, so I wouldn't have a significant other. I mean, I could bring someone with me, but I feel like until you're married, that's a pretty aggressive thing to select. The one thing that worries me about this scenario, and I'm with you, I'm picking staying in my home. You, literally, you cannot leave your hometown. Like, you are stuck there. You cannot you cannot leave your hometown to, like, go to a restaurant outside of town. You are stuck in your hometown. The reason that I do lean that way, though, but I'm worried about it, is because I think I would be a miserable fuck if that happened. My friends and family would then hate me, and I would probably alienate myself, and then I'd be stuck in my hometown because I was so miserable. Yeah, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know, though, right? What if you say, okay, I'm moving to Paris, and that's that. Maddie and I are moving. I'm going to miss you guys, whatever. And as amazing as Paris is, what if something happens to Paris and, like, locusts descend upon Paris and or the French economy crashes and then you have no money and you're, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen. So while you say you might be miserable in Southington, right, Southington's your hometown? Southern town, town, let's go. Blue Knights. Yeah, exactly. So you know the positives. You can at least navigate the positives and negatives of your situation, whereas if you move somewhere else, as ideal as it sounds, you'd have to figure all that out. You'd have to start over from scratch. Yeah. No, it's the right call. The right call is staying in your hometown, even if it's going to annoy you for the rest of your life. You just can't. You can't give up on your friends and family. No, you just can't. Okay, well, since, one. All right. since you all right. targeted your, your one hyper-specific to me, how about this one for you? All right, Steve, would you Uh-oh. rather have a full head of luscious hair like you do now, but you have super thick hair on your entire body from the neck down <laughs> or be completely bald but completely hairless everywhere else? So basically, you're asking me, if I, would I rather be my dad, who's <laughs> basically the hairiest person I know? Somehow I didn't inherit that gene, so thanks, Mom. Or would I rather be hairless? 
Yeah, so you're you're bald. You're totally bald. Not buzzed like you are now. Bicked. Bald, shiny, bald head, but you have no hair elsewhere on your body. I'm talking full, <laughs> thick, dark hair that looks like carpet on your body. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. My, my dad has literal carpet over most of his body. Yeah. My dad grows facial hair like up to, like below his eyeball. Like literally, <laughs> like on the high part of his cheeks, he shaves up there, which is insane. And yeah. again, miracle that I somehow didn't get that. Right. But, um... I don't know. My dad doesn't really care about it. My dad is, it's insane, but he doesn't really, it doesn't really seem to bother him. And I don't know if that's because he's like a child of the 60s and 70s being hairy was kind of in and whatever. It doesn't really a big deal. Whereas now I think it's more of a big deal. I think I would, ah, wow, this is a really hard one. Cause I don't know what I look like with a big head. So this is totally uncharted territory for right, me. Right. And I don't think it, I don't think I would look good. So I couldn't even grow a beard. Like I wouldn't even have no, a beard. No beard. You would be baby faced, bald everywhere. From head to toe, even your legs. I think I would take full head of hair, but also carpet hair all the rest of my body. (laughs) Because I still at least could trim that and deal with it in a way, whereas I couldn't just get hair implants on my body if I wanted hair on different places. I would miss not having a beard, and I don't know, I don't think I would look good with a big head. So as weird as it is to say, and probably how it would be very time-consuming for me to maintain my hairy body, I would say give me the hairy-ass body with a good luscious head of hair. Have you ever seen the movie Fur? Mm, I don't think so. When I was in Italy, we, all my friends, you know, we were in college, we were studying abroad. We took a photography class and our teacher, Mauro, made us watch Fur. It's the movie of photographer Deanne Arbus. And it's Nicole Kidman and she falls in love with her neighbor who is literally, he looks like Chewbacca. Just Google Fur movie and go to images. And to a less extreme, that's what I'm picturing for you. But the whole movie, there was a sexual tension between them. And then she kind of erotically shapes him. And it's Robert Downey Jr. at the end. Like, that's the movie. Oh, okay. I've seen the picture of the guy. I didn't know it was Robert Robert Downey Jr. I didn't know that it was a movie. I didn't know that it was fur. But I have seen this person (laughs) who looks like basically Chewbacca and a werewolf if they had a baby. Right. That's kind of like what my dad would look like if he didn't shave. I mean, he wouldn't have hair on his nose, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he, he would have hair basically all around his eyes. It's wild. It's insane. We were watching that That movie. would be really difficult to deal with. Oh, my God. That would be really difficult to deal with. I think you sort of embrace it, though. And then, honestly, if you're European, if you're hairy as fuck in Europe, that's just okay in Europe. So you might be all right there. I would just move to Europe. You might be hot. You might be hairy and hot in, like, yeah. Be- in Belgium. I don't know. I picture in Belgium, they're like, oh, what a man. Yeah, exactly. Because I think in the, in the States, like, if you showed up to a beach and you were like that, it'd be like, oh, what the hell's going on here? But if you go to, like, I don't know, beaches in Europe, people would be like, yeah, whatever. I mean, there'd be people wearing Speedos or people would be nude. This is like a hairy guy. It's not that big of a deal. You'd be like the third most interesting person at that beach. So I would take the hairy guy with a full head of hair and I would move to Europe. Okay, cool. All right, you're up. All right, next one. Okay. Would you rather be the world's smartest person or the world's funniest person? Ooh smartest person because I could teach myself how to be funny if I was that smart you know I don't think you can do that you can't teach funny you just kind of are funny or you aren't funny I would rather be smart because I look at people who are really brilliant and I'm in awe of them People that can come up with solutions to things and people that can retain information in a way that I can't I just envy them And as someone that loves school and that loves knowledge, I wish I was the smartest person in the world. My instinct was to go with you and say, and I was talking about this with my wife earlier, and I asked her and she said the opposite. She said, funny. And I said, why? And she was like, because smart people have a hard time 
living with normal people and just being a normal person in the world. And I was like, that's a really great point. Whereas like, if you're really smart and if you're the smartest person on earth, chances are that there are going to be a lot of conversations, a lot of people and a lot of things that annoy you because you're just more sophisticated and you're more intelligent than they are. And I think that burden is actually sneaky, really difficult. Like I've always said that sometimes stupid people, like I envy them because they just don't know any better in a way. It's like, you know, whereas people who are intelligent, they are like, why are you doing this? This bothers me. What's going on? Whereas if you're not as smart, that that stuff doesn't bother you. Now, I don't want to be dumb. And I think that most people who are also very funny are also kind of smart. You can't be stupid and be funny. Funny people, comedians, people that are in movies, whatever, you know, you think of the best comedians there are. They're also kind of intelligent. You have to be pretty intelligent to be a comedian. So my wife, Maddie, sort of swayed me on this one. Initially, I was going to say smart, but I think the burden of being the smartest person on earth would actually be kind of a, it would kind of weigh on you. And I don't think it would be as much fun as you think it would be, even though I think you picked, you know, you picked it right for all the right reasons. It would be fun to be the smartest person ever. And I am in awe of people who are scientists and leaders of their field. But I think your life would be easier if you were the funniest person on earth. Yeah, now you might be convincing me the other way. Give Maddie credit for this because she totally swayed me on that. I was initially in your camp. Okay, I think about this. I took four years of Spanish and I couldn't tell you one sentence in Spanish other than like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yo quiero, Hola. agua, aqua. No, aqua is Italian. See, agua. I, I wouldn't even know. Como, como están? Yeah. You too. Bien. Yeah. Me amo Esteban. Right? That's pretty much all I know. Or donde está la biblioteca? That's like, like, those are like the four phrases I know. Think about that. We took Spanish for four years, man, and we can't even put together a sentence. That's I just the think that's outrageous. Learning and studying. I would just study and memorize things. I didn't actually learn the language. And I wish that I had understood the difference of that when I was 15, 16 years old in high school. And, you know, it sucks because I didn't really retain any of that. But yes, that is a prime example of that. Right. And that's why I retained Italian so much more than I retained Spanish, because I took the classes at Illinois, but then I studied abroad and I actually had to put it into practice. You know, I actually had to live my life in Italy and speak the language. So I retained more of it then than I did Spanish. But that's why I, I look, I wish I could speak another language fluently. And I look back at all of the education that I've had in my life and I think, you know, I'm not a brilliant person, but I'm a smart person. And there's a lot of time that I spent in the education system where I didn't retain any information. So I wish that I was smarter than I am, is what I'll get at. Yes. Like education um, but, is cool. You know, you know? I like, it is. I do envy people that are like academics and that they could just get all these degrees and learn a bunch of different things and retain all this information. I am envious of that, but I think life would just be more fun and simpler if you were just a funny, happy person. Although, you know what? The other argument to that would be that a lot of people that are funny and comedians have issues and aren't actually that, you know, they're not as happy in real life as maybe it portrays them in their stand-up routines or their movies. So I don't know. I I could go either way on this, but I I initially said smart, but I'm changing my answer to funniest. Okay. That's a good one. Um, (laughs) How about this one? Would you rather have your wife's parents accidentally walk in on you and your wife hooking up and see everything or never hook up ever again as long as you live? (laughs) I mean, the answer, I mean, it sucks. And it would be so fucking weird for the rest of your life. But it would be, the answer would be if they have my in-laws walk in on us. That would be a... It's shitty, but okay, if you're specifically saying that it's my current wife's in-laws, yes. like we're married, I don't know. I guess if it was like a rando, I mean, maybe it'd be easier if it was a rando because then you'd never have to see them again. Right, no, but, that's why I said I your know, wife. Like, oh, they, yeah, they know what the deal is. So it would be incredibly awkward, and I, I don't even know how I would handle that. I would probably just not talk to them <laughs> for years. 
I don't want to not hook up ever again. So I'm going to have to say, as incredibly weird as that would be, and as incredibly odd as it is for me to say that, half my in-laws walked in on us <laughs> versus never having sex again. What if they locked eyes with you? <laughs> I would... You know what? If that actually happened, I would maybe never have to. I would never have sex again just out of pure fear. I would just be, I would just be like, I can never. I would have to put bolt locks on the door every time we did it. <laughs> I was thinking of something from high school. That's the worst scenario. And in, in high school, the worst thing is, you know, if you were making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, and their parents were coming home, you would scramble because you're like, oh my god, we can't let my parents catch us making out. <laughs> so I was thinking about how to propose that to you in an adult fashion, but you're married. But still, the worst thing ever would be Ugh. your in-laws catching you in the act. It would be so awkward. Your naked ass is just there. And they are just, and they just, all they see it in all its glory and everything that's going on. And it's a true worst case scenario, <laughs> really. <laughs> but it's, but I don't, I don't think it's worse than never being able to have sex again. So I guess. Begrudgingly, I will say the first option. Yeah. God, a terrible one. I think it's different, too, for you to answer it versus me. If I was married and I my husband's parents walked in, I would probably just awkwardly yell out, like, <laughs> we're trying to get pregnant. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I would try to diffuse the situation. They'd be like, oh, Michelle's trying to have a baby, whatever. Whereas you're the guy. If your wife's father looked at you in that situation, you could never not think of that, ever. You're the guy and she's the daughter. That's all that oh, yeah. will you're- ever be it will ever be thought of moving forward the worst case scenario is yeah if you're dating a girl you're probably like high school college or whatever and you're still trying to win the dad over and that happens because then you're fucked for the rest of your life you might as well just break up with her at that point because it's just never going to happen um yeah, we're divorced <laughs> I guess, you know i have the built-in of yes i'm, I'm obviously already married so it's yeah. okay like they know where my head's at here then I think about the parents who, there are some parents that would be like Amy Poehler in uh, Mean Girls. Yeah. Really, like bust in the room and be like, how you guys doing? You need a condom? Is everybody doing okay? Right. Like I'm the cool mom. Right. And that would be just as weird too because then I, would, I wouldn't want to talk about it with them. I would never, I wouldn't want them to like enjoy it and be happy about it. That would be weird too. So I don't know. There's a bunch of different variables to this. But I think the only answer for people like me is that you would just have to have your in-laws walk in. Yeah, and you think about it, it's one time, it will haunt you for the rest of your life, but once that one time happens, it's over, right? You never have to really worry about it ever again. I think I would never be able to not think of that, though, <laughs> if, I, when I, if I was around them. I would know that it would be in the back of everyone's mind that that's what we're thinking of. You guys saw that. Yeah, so when when your father-in-law is like Steve passed the potatoes, you're like, oh my God, he know, he's thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, you're uh, All right, let me do this one because it's, it's similar to the last one I asked, but I think it's a little bit different. Would you rather be significantly hotter than your spouse or significantly smarter than your spouse? Hotter, always. So I think this is an easy answer for women because it is more socially acceptable for women to date beat dudes. And that it just is, period. End of yeah. story. And this is a harder question for guys. And I think it's hard for two reasons. One, because for guys, it's always like, oh, I outkick my coverage and my wife is hotter than me. If you are significantly hotter than your wife, I think that that is a little bit i don't know like i think society would look at you and be like it's kind of odd like, why is this hot why is this person dating someone who's not at their level you tell me if that's right or wrong am i being am i sounding like an idiot here does that make sense no you're so right it is so weird how society has accepted very hot women dating guys who traditionally aren't that hot yeah whereas if it was a very hot i can't tell you how many times well not that many but a few times i knew a very hot guy that was dating and or married a girl that traditionally wasn't as attractive as him, and she's 
these girls are amazing. They're so fun and smart and all of these things. But people are like, what is the deal there? And you're like, well, she's awesome. And they're like, yeah, but what's the deal? And you're like, ah. Yeah, there's always something. It's so weird. And I, I never understood the questions, but yeah, they happen. But then the other side of this coin is if you're significantly smarter than your spouse, that's a problem. You need to be on similar sort of intellectual levels with someone that you're having a long-term relationship with. Because if one person is significantly smarter than the other person, that just sucks. It's eventually going to rear its ugly head. It's going to be a problem because you're going to get annoyed by it. You're going to be annoyed that you can't have good conversations with this person or that you can't connect on that intellectual level. Like it might be okay if she's super hot at first. It's like the classic case of maybe an older guy is dating a super hot younger chick, but she's really dumb, right? The stereotype that like, all right, this famous guy is dating this model who has no personality, no anything. It might be fun for a little bit, but there's no way that's going to last long term because that guy is going to get bored with her because he can't actually connect with her on an emotional level. So the, the intelligent thing is, is actually impossible. Mm -hmm. So if I had to choose, if I'm looking for someone in a long-lasting relationship, I think if for it to be successful, but the, ah, see, now I'm talking myself out of it again. I know, though, I'm telling you, it's tough. What is, our, what is our, the first thing that you do when you're attracted to someone is you look at their physical appearance. Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, am mm -hmm. I physically attracted to that person? Right. So if you are with someone that you're not physically attracted to either, that's a massive red flag. I think this is a lose-lose situation. It really is, which is why I picked hotter, because if I'm hotter than the person I don't really care if I'm dumber because I'm attracted to intelligence. So I hope I marry someone smarter than me. You know what I mean? I hope I marry someone that helps me learn and makes me think. And if I'm hotter than them, then, you know, whatever. I think it's easier for you to stay hotter as a girl. I don't want to cop out. I don't know if I have an answer. They would both be a disaster. I would probably pick smarter, but I don't think I would be happy with it. I know I wouldn't be happy. You know why I also picked hotter is because while I'm not married, and you can talk about this obviously more than I can because you're married, I know a lot of my friends, specifically women, who have had babies and are very concerned about bouncing back, about preserving their sexiness for their spouse and being attractive for their spouse. And that seems very stressful. It's a very real thing that women have to deal with, right? Your body completely changes when you create a life and you give birth to a baby and you're nourishing a baby for about a year, sometimes more, right? And women, I think, struggle sometimes with wanting to go back to the way that they look, not only because they want to feel good about themselves, but because they want their husband to look at them. It's not only the mother of their kids, but like, this is my wife. I think she's hot. This is my wife. And so if I know inherently that I'm already hotter than my husband, no matter what happens, no matter what my physique looks like or my face looks like moving forward, that's peace of mind for me. Even if I've kept <laughs> 10 pounds of baby weight, if he's dumpier than me, I don't really care. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But then, well... I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing for a relationship, though, but it, it is a good point. I understand what you're saying. I think either of these relationships are doomed, though, because there's always going to be a problem. Because I don't think, I guess specifically for dudes, if a dude is significantly hotter than his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, that's a problem long term. And then it's definitely a problem if you're smarter because you're never going to connect on an intellectual level. So both of these are fails basically long term. So for the short term, I guess I would take somebody that's hot. I don't know. Maybe that's shallow. It is shallow of me, but I guess I'll it is shallow. But hey, we're playing. Would you rather? We're not given ideal options here. It's not like, hey, would you rather be as equally attractive as your spouse and equally as intelligent and or this? You're picking between two pretty rough things. Yeah, you're basically this is a lose lose situation. All of these suck. That's why we're playing the game. All right, Steve, would you rather have to bust out <laughs> in a dance every time you heard music? 
or be forced to sing along anytime you heard music at the top of your lungs? Would you rather, anytime a song came on, dance uh, or sing? <laughs> and this is pri- privately, worst, publicly. This is the worst one you've asked me. <laughs> this is the worst one you've asked me so far, even worse than the parents walking in one. Because this, you wouldn't catch me dead singing <laughs> or dancing. I know, that's why I picked it. I was thinking about your, as we were talking through parents and stuff, I was thinking about your wedding and about how I was like, did I even see Steve dance at his wedding? And then I was like, I saw him jump up and down a lot. So (laughs) I'll ask him about singing and dancing. I guess I would say, fuck. (laughs) So the entire time, the entire, like there's a song, three minutes long. I am singing it and I am dancing. Yeah, like if you walk into a restaurant and they're playing Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody, you're either singing along or you're dancing along. Again, this is a lose-lose and you're fucked either way. I think it would be more fun for me to sing, so I'll say sing because I hate dancing. I'm not a dancer. I'm not good at it. I'm awkward. Uh, You're right. I didn't really dance at my wedding. (laughs) I just don't like to. I'm just not good at it. But I will say... I do enjoy singing. I enjoy singing in my car, whatever, not in front of people. So if I had to do one, even though I would be morbidly embarrassed by both of them, I would say sing. See, I would pick dance just because I'm such a terrible singer. I just say dance because I'm a much better dancer to protect those around me. It's really a selfless answer from me is that if I'm sitting in my seat at a restaurant and I'm dancing, you know, if I'm just shaking it a little... That's okay. You can deal with that. Even though you're probably like, what is this person doing? She looks insane. Wait, yeah, that's right. Did you specify at what level? Am I belting the song or can I just kind of sing it under my breath? Okay, well, why don't we take it up a notch? Full on crisp dance (laughs) and full on top of your lungs singing. Well, either way, you're ruining the evening or the night. You would basically have to go into whatever place you're in and be like, guys, you can't play music while I'm in here. I'm going to ruin all of the energy that you're having because everyone's going to stare at me and think what the hell is going on here. But I would still say sing because I think it would be a little bit more fun. I'm going to pick dance still because sometimes you just need to dance it out. Ugh, hard pass. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll save the best one for last. Okay. I'll do this one. All right. Would you rather have to say everything that you're thinking at all times out loud or never give an opinion again for the rest of your life? I would rather say whatever I'm thinking out loud because I kind of wish I had the freedom to do that now. You're going to alienate and people are going to not like you because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, because you're going to lose some friends. You're going to lose most friends. Right. People don't want to be told things they don't want to hear. But I also think that I would rather live more of a transparent life and let you know what I really think. And hey, you can either take it or leave it. That's up to you. Other than me having to sequester. Literally, if someone said, hey, do you like red or blue better? And I couldn't say either. I'd just be like, they're both great. You can't. I mean, that's not a life you want to live. I think you're right. The pent up sort of frustration of not being able to express an opinion would be so miserable. Yeah. That I think even if your life is very hectic and very abrasive with other people and you're going to lose a lot of friends and you're going to probably embarrass yourself a lot. I think the pent up frustration of not being able to give an opinion makes me lean towards the other one. Even if I'm saying some really uncomfortable things out loud. Yeah. (laughs) It's just because think about the shit you think about to yourself and you're like, wow, if I said that, that'd be super. All that is coming out loud and you would say it to people's faces. So if you didn't like someone's haircut or you thought someone had weird makeup going on that day, or you're like, oh, this guy's kind of fugly. Like you would say all that shit out loud to people's faces. You'd probably get punched in the face a lot if you're a dude too. Yeah. You'd have to, you know, you'd probably get tougher just out of that. Yeah. But I would be so mad if I couldn't just say something that I believe. So I think even though my life would be very hectic and very sort of confrontational, 
I'll say I would think I would have to say everything I was thinking. It's kind of like Liar Liar, that Jim Carrey movie, remember, where he couldn't lie. So he just had to say the truth at all times. Like when he hooked up with that girl and she was like, it was amazing last night. And he was like, I've had better. <laughs> yeah. So the perfect example. Right. Even I mean, if you really like this girl. It's me. And you but, said hey, that. It's the truth. You're going to alienate people and ruin relationships just because of who you are. Yeah. But I would rather be able to feel good about my truth and what I thought than to keep it all inside and placate everybody all the time. Yeah, that would go that would get old really fast. Especially with you. Oh my God, you could never keep it inside. No, I'm too judgy. I would need to judge people. That's what I do. You need to let it out. Okay, last one from me. Steve, would you rather have to take public transportation, like a train, everywhere <laughs> you went, but on the train, you would have to try to hold someone's hand every day, only one time, <laughs> one one attempt, wait, and whether they wait. swatted you away or allowed try? it. Yeah. So, okay, let me, let me back up. You're taking a train to work every day. You sit next to the passenger, and you have to attempt to hold their hand every day, <laughs> whether it's it, it, if they accept it, you have to hold their hand the whole ride, swat it away, or yell at you. You have to just deal with it every day. But it's just that one attempt, and on the way home, you're good. You can do whatever you want. But just the way to work every day, you have to try to hold someone's hand. <laughs> a stranger's hand once or you can uber to and from work every day but the driver is a new driver every day and is a chatty driver and you cannot listen to music you just have to have the conversations with strangers every day both ways to and from i would uber because i would rather do that than public transportation and i would also I mean, I would hold someone's hand is so weird and creepy. And you'd probably, again, you'd probably get beat up if you're a dude and it would be very weird for you. And you, everyone would just look at you and judge you. Whereas if you're in the Uber, even if the driver's talking, all right, you could at least ignore them. And I guess, I don't know, just have stupid, meaningless conversation and not have it mean anything for you. The whole train one is a complete disaster for two different reasons. So I'd rather do the Uber. I'd rather have stupid small talk with somebody than hold a random person's hand on a train. Okay. Same train scenario, or you get an Uber, and both ways you have to listen to "I'm Blue" Dabba Dee Dabba Die by Daft Punk <laughs> to and from every day on repeat, very loudly. I would still take the Uber. <laughs> I'm not holding any strangers' hands. I don't even like holding people. I don't like holding. My wife is a big hand holder. I just, I don't know. I've just never been a big hand holder. So if I'm weird about holding her hand then I'm not going to want to hold the stranger's hand. So there's a lot of things that I would do before pick your first option. Okay, what if, what if, same Uber scenario, and obviously consent is very important, so I don't want you to just touch strangers, so let me amend this. What if you sat down next to your rider and just turned to them and said, may I hold your hand? <laughs> and then they would decide. Consent is Chances theirs. are they're going to say no, probably like 99% of the time, so I wouldn't have to try to do it. This is that versus me in an Uber to and from work listening to On Blue by Eiffel 65. Yeah, and you may have traffic, so it could be an hour there, an hour back. That song. Oh, yeah, it's not Daft Punk, is it? Well, you thought On Blue was, was, was Daft Punk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I forget. Whatever, they're the same. Wait, um, did you make a mistake or did you actually think that's you saying no, that? Song? I literally thought it was Daft Punk, but that was because I have it. What's the annoying song that Daft Punk sings? I know Daft Punk has uh, great songs, but what's the one? Celebrate one more time. Oh, one, one more time. That's what I, I was trying to think of the repetitive okay. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. that song's better than I'm Blue. So we'll go Blue, Eiffel 65, <laughs> and you could get <laughs> stuck in traffic, and it's on repeat every day. Or you have to ask your fellow train writer if you can hold their hand one time. Fun fact, I actually bought that album, which oh. is insane. Of course.
course but you yes, I owned the Eiffel 65 album, which had shockingly zero good songs on it. <laughs> um. You know what? I am floored that that album didn't have more deep <laughs> tracks. <laughs> Yeah, not exactly a, a no-skip one. It was more like an all-skip one. But, okay, in that scenario, I think I would take the train because then I could ask someone if I could hold their hand, they're going to say no, and then I can just go on doing my own thing, and I can listen to whatever I want to listen to. So I'd probably do that one. And then, like, probably a couple times a year, you're going to have the uncomfortable person that says yes, and you have to hold <laughs> their hand for the whole train ride. But I think that's worth the rest of the 300 and however many days of not having to do that and just having an awkward conversation. Like, you could almost play it off. You'd be like, hey, can I hold your hand? Asking the stupid jokingly way, and they'll say no, and you could just play it off that way. So I guess in that situation, okay, if I have to ask, I'll take the train, even though I hate being on trains. I don't like trains at all. Okay. Steve, noted hand holder. You heard it here first. Huge. <laughs> yeah, huge hand holder. It's been known. <laughs> all right. Last one for me is, this is one that's sort of, been done, but I'm interested to know both your answer and, and explaining my answer. Okay. And I have a little bit of a wrinkle with it. Time travel. Ugh. Everyone How did I know we were going like interstellar or something Christopher yeah, Nolan-y here? Yeah. Listen, it had to be that way. I'm very interested. I'm fascinated in physics and time travel and whatever, anything. But this is one that, that everybody asks, but I'm changing it just a little bit. So it's, it's a classic if you can go 100 years in the future, 100 years in the past and live, which one will you choose? But I want to throw in the wrinkle that you are basically at your current economic level in both the future and the past. So if you go back to like 1920, you don't have your current wealth. Like you would just, you would be the equal wealth that you had now, but in 1920 and the same for in, what is it? Uh, what would it be? 2120, 2120. You'd be in the future, but you would be just as wealthy as you are right now, whatever the equivalent that is. Would you go back 100 years or forward 100 years? I'm going forward because I'm already used to my creature comforts now. So I'm certainly not going back to, you know, depression era, dust bowl, no TV, no entertainment, no communication, except for my other fellow farmers. Like, we're not going that route. Isn't that what happened back then? Or what was it? We're talking 19, what, roaring 20s maybe? Prohibition? I mean, yeah. either way, there's things that I know I'm not going to adjust well to as somebody who's living in 2020. So I'll roll the dice and take my chances going ahead. See, I think everyone chooses going ahead. And I, I, again, this is different because for, for you as a woman, me as a male, it's definitely very different, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> what? So, Let, let's talk about what my life you would know, be like in 1920. It would yeah. suck. But I think people say the future without actually giving it too much thought. Because how do you know that the future isn't just some weird dystopian disaster area where, like, mutually assured destruction happens and it's like a nuclear waste zone? Or how do you know that the world isn't taken over by, like, some crazy dictator? And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. So you're totally taking the, the I have no idea, but I definitely don't like 1920. And I'm saying, was 1920 that bad where I would risk a completely unknown future that you could hate or you could literally be unsafe in versus what it was like 100 years ago. Now, for me as a white male, obviously it's easier for me. I think I would go back, and I'm just narrowly avoiding World War One, so I wouldn't have to fight in a world war most likely because World War Two doesn't start until probably I'm after the draft age at that point. So I'm, I'm avoiding both world wars in that situation, which is a good thing. And if I'm equal, if I have the wealth that I have now, I, I don't know. I've always kind of thought the 20s were kind of cool and interesting. If I could pick where I could live, and I could pick what my life would be like. I think I would go back because I think the uncertainty of the future is kind of scary. And look at we, like, what we have now. We, we have never disagreed more. The country and the world has never felt like it was more, I don't know, just not on the same page. 
And it could be worse 100 years from now. You never know. And it could be, you're right, it could be, it could be totally better. We can live in some sort of like utopian society and everyone could be singing kumbaya and living life in the harmonious ways. Or it could be the complete opposite. It's a complete wild card. So you're basically taking a complete wild card 100 years from now, Michelle. I'm good with my choice, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I, I get why as a woman you would say that. I don't think women were able to vote in 1920, right? Is that true? Am I getting that right? My history lesson. Um, when did the Great Depression start? 29? I mean, wasn't that the 30s, the Great Depression? End of the 20s, 30s, right? The Great Depression was in the 30s. So, yeah, it started in 1929. Good call. Now, here's the thing, too, is that you have your knowledge of yeah. what you have right now okay. going back in time. So I would know that that was coming and I could prepare for it. And women could vote starting in 1920. Okay, so you would be able to vote, which is obviously the lowest of lowest, the lowest of low bars, but you could vote. Yeah, cool. I could vote. Great. <laughs> you know, equal pay was not a thing yet. No, uh, no, 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 no. Things, no, no. things were not on the docket. I just imagine myself, because you're talking right now, my life right now on June 9th, 2020. Starting on June 10th, I'm either moving forward in time or moving back, right? Yep. There is no way I could go back. Because I could never go back and they're like, hey, get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich, shut up, sew my shirt. I'd be like, bitch, no, out of here, bye, no. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, guess, I couldn't see that happening. I'd be I like, couldn't see, yeah, guess I couldn't. what's happening? You're going to make me a sandwich. So I just think I would rather roll the dice and hope that there has been more progress in the future, whether it be something cool technology-wise or more equality for everyone, whatever it may be. I just, I would like to put my hope in the fact that the future is better. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm going to take the past because I'm too scared of the unknown of the future. And I'm basically just going to try to live the Great Gatsby lifestyle in the 1920s. And that's what I'm going to do. And hopefully I can just bank money because I have the knowledge of what's going to happen in the future. And I would just set up this awesome life for myself. And yes, there were like some shitty things that were going on back then, obviously, but I'm going to, this is one of those, like, I'm going to, what is it? The devil that I know versus the devil that I don't know. Yeah. I'll take the devil I know. Okay. But as yeah. a white male. So I guess as a white male, it's very easy for me to say that. Yeah. The great Gatsby party flapper lifestyle sounds awesome. How many people in the twenties were really living that life? It was a very rare yeah, thing I, to have wealth like that. You're right. But because of your knowledge, again, you have the knowledge that you have now, you would basically be able to accumulate wealth. What would be the thing that you would take from present day back to the 1920s that would make you a millionaire? Because I don't know the technology enough with social media or phones or inter like, I don't know the internet technology. I couldn't just be like, hey guys, let's create the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how to do that. My skill set doesn't lead me to really contribute anything to the past that I have in present day. Uh, well, I, what you would do is you'd probably get involved in the automotive industry, right? That's sort of when like a lot of those companies took off. You could you could just straight up invest in Ford or any oh, of these yeah, companies, yeah. and you'd good, probably make a, a ton of money like overnight. That, that's what I would do. I wouldn't even know. I mean, maybe I would start companies. Who knows? But I would just invest money in companies that I know were super successful, and you're bound to just have wealth for the rest of your life. Whereas in the future, you're totally flying blind. And you don't know if the world is a better place. I ask this question because I think most people would side with you. But I just would like to push back and say, you don't know, you have no idea what the world is going to look like in, in 100 years. You have no idea. We all think it's going to be better, but we don't know. Right. But wouldn't it be cool to know? Wouldn't it be cool to, because you already know the past. I think I'd rather just say, show me what you got, future. I'm ready. 
it would be super cool until some fascist somehow took over like two years before that and is running this terrible world, new world order scenario. And you're, you know, you have no freedoms, you have no nothing. And then you're like, shit, I would have, I wish I could be a 1920 right now. No, but then I'd be like Katniss Everdeen and I would be like, saddle up. Yeah, great call. You know what, what I mean? If it was, yeah, okay, you could do that, but what skills do you have, Michelle, that would prepare you to be Katniss Everdeen? Like, Literally, so you have not, right. uh, not a one. I don't have one I skill that could lead me to be Katniss. Uh, I can't even braid my hair like that, so I wouldn't I wouldn't really yeah. be successful as Katniss. Um, I, but you know what I am, though? I am loyal, and I can rally the troops, okay? So I might not have the archery skills or the hiking skills or the strategic skills, but I would know who to align myself with, and then I would rally the troops. Okay, another great scenario. You know me, love sci-fi. Say a decade before you pop up, aliens all of a sudden take over our entire our entire planet, and we're just like workers for them, and we live terrible lives, and that would be a terrible situation. And again, you would be longing for the days of 1920. Just saying, just saying, nobody thinks about these things. They all just always assume that it's going to be better 100 years from now. I'm just saying it might not be. I love how you said that was the best one. You said the best also, one for last. It was also, not the another best one. perfect example. Another perfect example: global warming, climate change. People talking about all this stuff. Are we even going to be here 100 years from now? Who knows? You know, Al Gore and some of the people on the internet tell you we're to be believed, and the answer would probably be no if we were going at this current rate. So, again, another perfect example of why the world might be, might not be great in 100 years. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing these things out there because I feel like this side of the argument is very slept on. It is slept on, but also. Everybody's going to die anyway, so you might as well know what the future holds. You might as well go into the future, and if you're going to die because the earth is scorching hot, then guess what? You're dead anyway. Everyone's going to die. Or you can thrive in the past. Just saying. Just saying. There's no guarantee that you'd thrive in the past. I would thrive in the past. I know I would. Because you have the knowledge. You would have the knowledge of going back and knowing what to do to, to build wealth and be somebody who is relevant then you know, think of all the things that you can get ahead of and it would kind of be like shooting fish in a barrel like you would just know things that people didn't know because you have all this knowledge i just imagine you in your air-conditioned house with fifa and all of these things that you love and you're in 1920 in a hot ass house yes. nothing to do <laughs> okay i would just drink all the time i would be living the great gatsby life and i would just be drinking champagne in my mansion would you rather last one Every bathroom that you went in, you had to clean it thoroughly with a toothbrush, either before or after, or you would never play FIFA again. Oh, I would never play FIFA again. You hate the cleaning the bathroom that much. That would be a really big problem. It would be incredibly time-consuming, and FIFA needs to get their act together. They've been slipping the last couple of years. I'm just saying. I know people in the FIFA community will, there's probably not too many people that are really into FIFA that listen to this podcast, but they need to change career mode a little bit because they're starting to loosen people because they don't change a lot of things. They only cater to people that play Ultimate Team. I know there's probably like two or three people that listen to this podcast that understand what I'm talking about right now, but you're going to be like, dude, totally. They need to change this. FIFA has been slipping the last few years. So, I, you know what? This will be a message to FIFA. If you don't shape up, I'm not going to buy FIFA in the future. So, I will take giving up on FIFA because also cleaning a bathroom with a toothbrush. The entire thing that would take you at least an hour, probably longer. And think about it, if you got to do that every time you went to the bathroom. That's like three, four, five times a day. That would take up five hours of your day. What if you only had to do that's it once insane. a day? What if you only had to do it once a day? That's still an hour every day that I would have to, and it would be really annoying work to do. Damn, that's a good one. An hour a day, I'd probably still play FIFA. So maybe I would pick the cleaning the bathroom thing. But it would be a small bath. I would only go to the bathroom in my half bathroom, so it would be smaller. So I guess I would have to say in that scenario, if it was once a day, I would I would not give up FIFA and I would clean the bathroom, but I wouldn't be happy about it. 
I love it. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Now you got me thinking about the past. I'm telling you, I'm going to sway people on the on the going back in time thing. And now I've got you thinking about... Everybody wants to go to the future. And now I've got you thinking about your in-laws watching you hook up with your wife. Yeah, that's a bummer. I wish you hadn't <laughs> done that. Okay, before we wrap things up, Steve, do you have any A-plus content that we need to be aware of? We haven't done A-plus content in a while, so tell me what you got. I know. We'll do A-plus content here, and then we should also bring back shout-outs because that was also awesome, and I really enjoyed that. We'll do that next week. We'll do that on the next spot. Okay. But I only have one A-plus content here, but it's a good one. And you're going to laugh at me because it's straight up my alley. You know, I'll give you two, but I'll give you this one first because it was really awesome. History Channel has a really great docuseries on Ulysses S. Grant, the former president and amazing Civil War general. Oh it's called Grant. It's a, three oh part doc- <laughs> it's a three-part docuseries about maybe one of the most underrated people in the history of our country. He essentially won the Civil War with his battle techniques. He was an incredible general, probably the best general until General Patton came along. But... The documentary is awesome. It's one of those things where it's like a docu-series where they, it's, it's a documentary where like experts are talking and, and scholars are talking you through different things and there's photographs and whatever, but there's also actors that are playing certain people. Like there's an actor playing USC's S. Grant. There's actors playing all these other really important people during the Civil War era. So it's, it's like a live action, almost documentary. It's really well done. It's really informative. And it's about a guy, USC's S. Grant, people don't really know a lot about. As I said, incredible general. And it's actually pretty... Um, it's pretty relevant to the times now because he was, I think, the president. I think he was two presidents after Abe Lincoln. So we're talking about right after um, slavery is abolished, right after the Emancipation Proclamation. And it sort of gets into how Ulysses S. Grant was trying to do this thing called Reconstruction. And it was kind of like, remember, did you, did you ever read in history class? And I had never heard, read about this in history class, but we, I had read about the World War II thing where like they, basically like all the allied countries went to Germany and tried to rebuild Germany and still give them money and rebuild the country so it wasn't this terrible thing and, and basically like a Hitler situation wouldn't happen again and rise out of the ashes. Mm-hmm. Ulysses S. Grant kind of did that in the South, but it goes into really well and it goes into, and it tells you a lot about why it didn't work out and why people and why the Ku Klux Klan had, had, had obviously a major sort of role in the rise of that during that time. It was an incredible documentary. It was really well done, really interesting. And it was, an, it was about a person that I didn't know a lot about. And, I'm, and I think more people should probably know about. And as I mentioned, and it's really good for people who want to learn more about kind of why we're in sort of systemic racism and why we live in times that we are now. So Grant, History Channel, Ulysses S. Grant, underrated president. Really, probably one of the greatest generals in the history of our country. Shouts out History Channel. You should check it out. You and my dad are basically the same person, Steve, because he calls me and he's like, Michelle. I'm like, what, dad? He's like, what are you doing? Get to a TV right now. I'm like, what? He goes, a three-part docuseries on Ulysses S. Grant just started on the History <laughs> Channel. He's like, you can, you were only awesome. five minutes in. You need to tune in. Hit record. I was like. I'm not going to be doing that, Dad, but thank you for the heads up. You don't even need to record. You just got to watch it on the app. It's on the app. You just got to plug in your, uh, you know, obviously I plug in my parents' uh, cable information because I'm a good millennial, but um, you don't even have to record anything. It's on there. You know, there's a couple commercials. It's fine. But it's like, I'm telling you, Michelle, it's not as boring as you think it would be. I think you would actually enjoy it. If you're even remotely into history, you should 100% check this out. Because again, we watched numerous documentaries on all these other figures, right? Abe Lincoln, Washington, Teddy Roosevelt, Kennedy. Like we know all these other presidents. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone knows Ulysses S. Grant's name because it's a very unique name and whatever as, as the president. He's always kind of like in the middle of the pack when you rank presidents. But he's super underrated for a lot of things that he tried to get done in this country. And he has this incredible background where he came from just about nothing to be this incredible Civil War general and basically defeated Robert E. Lee, who was like the Tom Brady, I guess, of generals at that time. And it's just this incredible underdog story, and nobody knows about it. I didn't, I, you know me, I'm a big history guy, and I didn't know a lot about USS Grant. So even if you're remotely, like even a small part of you is into history, 
you need to check out this thing. It's only like three hours. Come on, what else are you doing? It's, we're all stuck in quarantine. Just watch it. I have no sports to watch. I mean, golf is coming back this weekend, but you're right. I should watch it. I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. You will not regret it. I was going to say on Carriker and Smallman, my morning show here in St. Louis, we're starting a baseball book club. And will you read the baseball book in solidarity with me if I watch the Ulysses S. Grant doc for you? Only one book you have to read, and it's down to four options right now. We're going to put out a Twitter poll, but it's most likely going to be one with kind of a history background. I genuinely think that I am less interested in baseball than you are less interested in Ulysses S. Grant. Wow. I can say that. I honestly can confidently say that. Really? I, I can, what? Okay, what are the books about? Because I actually am interested in watching that uh, McGuire Sosa oh, I can't wait. documentary that ESPN is doing. We grew up in that. We were young, and that, that was kind of my introduction to baseball. And while I don't love baseball, like everybody remembers that time, so it'll be very nostalgic. I am interested in watching that. But if I'm reading some book about like the Black Sox scandal or about like this '86 Mets, that's going to be a hard pass for me. All right, one of the options is Three Nights in August, and it's written by Buzz Bissinger, who you know did Friday Night Lights, amazing author. And it, the Red Sox one? No, it's about the Cardinals Cubs rivalry, but through the eyes of Tony Larusa. Mm. It's called Three Nights mm. in August, Strategy, Heartbreak, and Joy <laughs> Inside the Mind of a Manager. And when I tell you that Tony LaRussa is one of the most complex and interesting people I've ever come across in my entire life, he is. You want to talk about Ulysses S. Grant as an innovator and a brilliant leader? Tony LaRussa is one of the best leaders of men that I've ever been around in my entire life. He thinks outside the box. He is foot on the gas 24-7, relentless. He is shrewd. He is unafraid to make the tough decisions. So I will watch Ulysses S. Grant if you read the book about Tony La Russa, if we pick that book. <laughs> I need to get back to you on this because I don't. I have <laughs> literally no interest in this. I, I really don't. I'm not. And I, uh, if it was about something else, like I'm just not interested in reading about Tony. All due respect to Tony La Russa, I'm sure everything you said, he sounds like a great dude. Incredible leader. Obviously, he's won multiple World Series championships. He's a well-respected man, just like Ulysses S. Grant. But I think you would get more out of watching the Ulysses S. Grant documentary than I would get out of reading a book about Tony LaRusa. Another option is Ball Four, which was published in 1970, and it was a shocking book because it took people behind the curtain in baseball. It basically was written by somebody that pulled back the curtain and said, this is what's happening inside the clubhouse. Like, what was happening? Like, what specifically? I don't know. See, I haven't read the book. <laughs> mm, interesting. All right. I'm a little bit intrigued by that. A little bit intrigued. Okay. How about this? I'm Googled it reviews. A book so deep in the American vein. In fact, it is by no means a sports book. Ball Four is a people book, not just a baseball book. When Ball Four was first published in 1970, it hit the sports world like a lightning bolt. Commissioners, executives, players, and sports writers were thrown into a state of shock stunned scandalized the controversy was front page news see here's the thing that scandalous stuff in the 70s is just like normal stuff now though <laughs> so like is it going to be that scandalous i don't know we're going to have to read it to find out but i will circle back with you and let you know the results of the poll and what book we choose to read All right. i will even amazon prime it to your house because that's the type of friend i am <sighs> My get-out-of-jail-free card was getting your birthday in three tries. And I, I, don't, I, I, don't, 
I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm ready. Let's put a pin in this. I don't okay. know yet. Okay. I'm undecided. Marinate Next on it. Pod, we'll talk about this. Consider it. Yeah. Um, also, you got my birthday in three tries. You were lucky with the month guess, and then we it was just higher or lower lucky. numbers. I was, I was an educated guess. <laughs> I thought it was in August, and I was right. Is it still okay to take off on your birthday? Like, Is that something adults should do? I've always kind of gone back and forth on this. I take off my birthday every year. I'm not working on my birthday. you got to be kidding me. That day's about me, and you know what I don't want to do at work? I don't think I've taken my birthday out. My, see, I'm, my birthday usually falls around Thanksgiving, so I, sometimes I have it off anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But if your birthday was on like a Wednesday, a random Wednesday, you would take that Wednesday off. It's like a personal you day. Without a doubt. I'm probably already on vacation. I'm probably taking summer, off. Yeah, it's summertime. So my birthday it is in the summer, so. was always either the first week back at school or it was the last week before we went back to school. So either way, it was a, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a celebration and a party thing. But it's different. Yeah, like your birthday's in November. We work in sports. November is peak sports time. I mean, now who knows what it's going to be. But... For you to take off your birthday and then have Thanksgiving, that would be tough. Whereas for me, it's summertime. Everyone's still taking vacations anyway in the sports world. So it's like, whatever, I'm taking my time too. Yeah, that's a good call. I like my birthday time. I'm sure everybody likes their birthday time. But I like it that's in the fall, November, best month of the year. And Thanksgiving, great holiday. And my birthday usually falls right in that sort of window-ish of that week. I would put my birthday time up there with anybody else's birthday time. I think I have the perfect birthday. I actually, if I was ever going to have a kid, would be sad for them if they didn't have my same birthday. Sure, that would be weird if you want your kid to be born on your birthday. It's just such a great day. It's summertime. You can all, We're like, going to plan this out exactly nine months out. We're going <laughs> to do this. And we're no. going to do this. Hopefully our parents don't walk in and my kid is going to be born on exactly my birthday. No, see, I'm a Leo and I... I'm very much a Leo, and I love. I don't know what that means. You know, it's my sign, Steve. It's a. Uh, it's my. I, I know what I know that it's your sign, but when people are like, "Oh, you know, I'm a Cancer, I'm a Sagittarius," I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know why you're saying. Um, it Leos are leaders. They're confident. They're dominant. You know, Steve. Leos are the lions of the zodiac. Okay, we rule shit. That's what we do. Okay, so I would want my kid to have those qualities. Not every Leo is like that, and I certainly don't have all those qualities. But if you were saying what qualities would you want your child to have, a lot of them are in Leos. Now, Leos are also stubborn. They can be self-involved. There's a lot of bad things about Leos, just like there's a lot of bad things about um, a lot of other signs too. But it's the summertime. Everyone's happier in the summer, especially if you live in a place that's seasonal. Everyone's happier in the summer. It's much easier to have a birthday than I think when you don't have school to work around. So, yeah, I would totally want my kid to be a Leo. I totally want my kid to have a summer birthday. What sign, because I know nothing about signs, what sign would you not want your kid to be? Ooh. Of the people that are into astrology and horoscopes, are they like, oh, Tauruses are just the worst? We're like the Karens of astro whatever, of astrology. I'm reading Sagittarius, too. It is actually kind of spot on. Sag- so, oh, you're a fire sign. That's why we get along so well. We're both fire signs. Nice. There you go. Nice. I'm okay. just Googling worst astrological signs. So, Leos get along with other Leos, but it could be very combustible because there's a lot of energy going on there. Fire signs tend to gravitate towards fire signs. My most compatible relationship sign is an Aries. I have been in two long-term relationships, and both have been Aries. Wait, you actually know that? You're like, okay, yeah. I, I'm dating an Aries. This is what no. I have to deal with. Once I started dating them, I realized that they were both Aries. And mm-hmm. according to every Handful. astrology chart you ever read, you know. 
Aries and and Leo's going along. You know, I was I'm reading something that says Virgo suck. I was just going to say I would probably go Virgo just because they are I think pretty cautious and detail oriented and for somebody like us, Steve, people like us that are fire signs, I think that we might not <laughs> really vibe with that. What does that mean when you say it's a fire sign? You know, instead of me answering these questions with my limited knowledge of astrology, we should just get an astrologist on the show. Oh, my God. I would have, yes. Because honestly, educational. You, what, you basically got me an appointment with a psychic, which I don't even really know. She was an angel. Our astrologist is also psychic. She was an angel reader. Yeah, she did tarot cards. Yeah. Um, Sorry, excuse me, angel reader, whatever. And (laughs) while I think all, all of it is bullshit, I am genuinely interested in it because I think it's interesting that people believe in that, that they really put a lot of thought and they believe that these things are how they, how people turn out to be and they impact the way people, you know, live their lives. I would have so many questions. So I think it is an amazing idea that we have an astrologer on. I would have so many questions. So astrologists look at your birthday and your signs and they're able to determine things about you and essentially ways that you will live your life. Whereas the woman that you went to is reading the spirits around you, Steve. No, but she had cards too. She had tarot cards. Yeah, she did. But right? or is that the same thing? She does both. She did both. She did she read your cards and she read the energies around you, aka your spirits, aka angels. Got it. I got a lot of energy. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, I recorded my thing with her and I went back and listened to it not that long ago. And at the time, there were certain things that she said to me that I thought were kooky. And then they came true. Uh, None of mine came true. Shocking. Um, (laughs) I wonder (laughs) I wonder if um, I wonder if it's one of those things that where you want to believe it. So like more likely think you're going to live your life in that certain way. I don't know. Maybe maybe. And this is a perfect thing that you could ask an astrologist. Can we get a two in one? Is there like a uh, someone who's, in, who's into astrology, but also does tarot cards and also does spiritual readings and palm readings? Like, I want, uh, maybe we could find someone who's all encompassing because, again, I have a lot of questions. But they couldn't read our palms or our cards since we're over the phone. No, no, no I'm not saying that they read them. I would just have questions about how they do it, like how they conduct their business, like oh. how they, what, you know what I mean? How does one become this? Can you learn all these skills? Are you born with these skills? Can I learn to see ghosts? Because if so, I want to learn how. (laughs) I'm interested. (laughs) Uh, I am interested and available to learn. I love it. Well, you know what? I'll do some research. If you know an astrologist and or a tarot card reader and or a palm reader and or an angel reader and or an energy reader, (laughs) hit us up because we're interested. And that can be our next um, Small Talk Investigates astrology. I love it people helping people it's powerful stuff okay quickly i read a great book called maybe you should talk someone it is a true story written by a therapist and it's very short chapters and she tells the stories of her patients and it's very interesting and it also is very informative about therapy and the benefits of therapy so i highly recommend it and the other a plus content that i have is the new run the jewels album is very very good and is the perfect album for today's world. I'll leave it at that. You should definitely listen to the new Run the Jewels album. I don't know who that is. Should I know who that is? Uh, rap group, Killer Mike's in it. Oh, I know who Killer Mike is. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've known Killer Mike, and now I know him even more because of uh, him being an activist. But yeah, all right, interesting. I'll take a listen. You should. You'll very much enjoy it. All right, Steve, before we go, let's work in a review, shall we? Love it. 
This one is from Luke, not pleased with me. He says, be better, but gave us five stars. Thank you for that, Luke. Speaking as a proud and fellow Hoosier, I must ask, why denigrate another state when you're from the butthole of America? I understand my question probably falls right into what you're referring to, but when you're from a state that's poverty level is on par with other Midwest states, there isn't much room to talk. Not mentioning being connected to Arkansas. Yikes. This pod has always been on my short list of pods I listen to regularly, but those comments really irked me. All right, Luke. You know, I've always wondered about, you do throw the term Hoosiers around there very flippantly, and I've always wondered, you know, do we have people from Indiana who are like, why the hell you got to put me in this box, Michelle? Come on, what's going on? Now, I don't know the rivalry and the, because when you said Hoosiers to me as like a guy from the Northwest, I was like, why are you talking about the Indiana? Like, why are you talking about the basketball teams? I don't understand. And I didn't know that that was like a thing that you like used to call people to like basically make fun of them. Okay, let me explain myself. (laughs) So we talked about this on a very early pod. I don't know, Steve, if you were with us or if it was just freeze pops at that time. But the term Hoosier in St. Louis has nothing to do with Indiana. When we say, I mean, the origins of it are in Indiana, and I'll explain here in a second. But when we say Hoosier, it means white trash, low budget, just gross. You know, when I say, oh, what a Hoosier move, that means I don't approve, essentially. But... You just grow up in St. Louis calling something Hoosier or Hoosh for short. And it means like, ugh, gross. That's such a Hoosh move. But if you go back into the roots of it, it actually does connect to Indiana because back in, I think, the 30s, there was a labor strike here in St. Louis and scab workers from Indiana were brought in to fill in for the strikers. So the pejorative Uh, comes from St. Louis looking down upon people from Indiana for coming in and being scabbed. So that's where the term Hoosier comes into St. Louis as a negative connotation. I love Indiana. Partied in Bloomington. I love St. Elmo's Steakhouse in Indy. I love that spicy cocktail sauce. Indiana's a great place. Shout out Midwest. So I'm sorry, Luke, if me using Hoosier offends you as someone from Indiana. I certainly don't mean to diss Indiana. It's just something casually we say here in St. Louis. But, you know, we are all examining our behavior and the things that we say. And I certainly don't want to diss Indiana. So maybe that's something that I should remove from my vocabulary. I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. What I think is funny is so people from Indiana, though, have like adopted this. And that is what. OK. No, Indiana. If you're from Before, Indiana, you're called a Hoosier. That's you're your, a Hoosier. Yeah. Even before the 30s, like when this whole thing happened, yes. so they started. So basically, the people from your area were like, "Oh, these Hoosiers" or whatever, and then it developed this whole new thing. But people in, in Indiana had been being called Hoosiers for a long time. So I just think it's funny that the the Indiana Hoosiers, like the school, if you are from the Missouri, like Illinois, like St. Louis area, the school is essentially like making fun of themselves. So they're not making fun of themselves, but like you would look at that and say. Their name is basically means like they're the Indiana white trash people. That's what they are, right? If you're from St. Louis, that's what you say. But okay, so here's according to Wikipedia, how did people from Indiana become Hoosiers? And this is the actual term, not the negative term that St. Louisans attach to it. It says there are many suggestions for the origin, but none is universally accepted. A lot of people think the term comes from census workers coming around to homes in Indiana and calling who's here, who's here, like who's your, who's your, you know what I mean? The way that mm-hmm. they would say it. So the way that you say that word was applied to Indiana residents and they call themselves Hoosiers. But again, history lesson, scabs came in to St. Louis. They were pissed. They said Hoosiers are bad and it still sticks here today. Now, I would like to address something else. I am not 
a Missouri person. So you can call Missouri the butthole of America, and I am <laughs> not going to argue with that. I need to explain to people, I am from the Metro East. There is St. Louis, Missouri, the Mississippi River, Illinois. I'm from the ill side. No part of me, not one ounce of me identifies with Missouri, which is probably crazy to people because I ride so hard for St. Louis. The way that a lot of people from the Metro East, the ill side of the river, view St. Louis is kind of like a, a D.C. almost, you know, like St. Louis is short in Missouri, but we we also own it kind of in Illinois, even though we technically don't because it's on the Missouri side of the river. East St. Louis is on the Illinois side of the river, but you know, Bush Stadium, the Arch, all of that is on the Missouri side of the river. So while I technically live in Missouri, I do not identify with Missouri. I hope that makes sense. So you can. No, rip, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. So to Luke, you can rip Missouri being attached to Arkansas all you want. You can even rip Illinois for whatever you want to rip Illinois for, even though there's not really many things to rip Illinois for. I mean, the land of Lincoln. I'm sure there are. Chicago. There's a lot of great things about Illinois. Corn. We have the best okay. corn. You let me do some research. I'll find plenty of things you can rip Indiana. Indiana or Illinois? Both, actually. I think it's funny that like the, there are these like, interstate rivalries, because for me, and I think we've talked about this, people from Connecticut look at New Jersey and go, oh, but like new, people from New Jersey, we would consider them Hoosiers to use your word, right? They're just like, oh, oh my God. Jersey, gross. Totally. When I would go to New York, they would see people on the street who you could obviously tell were from New Jersey, because New Jersey has a certain uh, look to it, you know? The people from New Jersey have a certain fashion yeah. sense. You can definitely tell when people are from New Jersey. My family's from New Jersey, so again, I feel like I can say that. But they would say, oh, the bridge and tunnel folk are here. Basically meaning people from New Jersey yeah. have come into the city. Like, the bridge and tunnel folk. immediately when you cross the bridge. It's like, ew, it's, we're in Jersey now. Oh, I love Jersey. I think Jersey catches a bad rap. There's great people there. They have the best food. You cannot tell me that the best delis in the world are not in New Jersey. I can tell you that, yeah. In fact, I would tell you that. How many delis have you been to in New Jersey? I mean, I can't say I've been to a ton, but I'm not going to sit here and say that there are like probably hundreds of people on record who are like legitimate food people who would be like, no, New York City is the deli capital. I mean, I'm not saying that Jersey doesn't have great delis, just in the same way that like the, what, the southwest part of Connecticut probably has great delis. But Connecticut also has great pizza. Jersey, I don't know, I'm sure they have some redeeming qualities. No, see, you didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. I did. I went to the place everyone said to go to. I went to Frank Pepe's. I had the clam pizza. I was not impressed. I know. I don't like the clam pizza, though. But you just get, like, a regular pizza there, regular pie. You should have also went to Bar Modern. You should have went to Sally's. All the other, there's this whole sort of, they're all on Worcester Street. They're amazing. Anyway, we're talking about Connecticut too much. Uh, (laughs) When I got to college, I went to college with a bunch of people that were from New Jersey, and it was just like, oh, Jersey? Gross. This is, ew. Now, I'm obviously friends with a lot of people from New Jersey, and I'll I'll say that to their faces. It's not a big deal. But that is definitely a 100% stigma. So in the same way that you look at Indiana and call them Hoosiers, it's almost like a loving hate, though. Like, I don't really dislike people from Jersey. It's like a brotherhood type thing. It's like you make fun of your brother. That's how I look at Connecticut and New Jersey. Yeah, when I say... Hoosier, I'm not even thinking about Indiana. I'm saying I'm from Southern Illinois, so I can use this white trash term because I'm from Southern Illinois. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. You know, like all of us have a little Hoosier in us. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think the interstate, the location, the geographical rivalry things, I think they're all hilarious and very interesting and a great part of American history, which is why we've come full circle. You should watch Grant on the History Channel. Okay. And you should definitely read a baseball book because you know what you got nothing else to do you're painting decks you're building patios read a book steve maybe we need to read we'll need to come back i need to know what the book is too many books are thrown at me too many things are going on so we need to like narrow this thing down and i'll give you a yes or a no 
Okay, deal, deal. We'll talk. And we got to wrap this up because speaking of the Midwest, Steve, I got some chicken in the crock pot that I've got to tend to, so we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> how hooch of you. How, how Midwest and hooch of me. Anyway, thank you, Steve, for the great conversation. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. We will read it at the end of the podcast. But Steve and I will be back in action soon. But until then, keep it real. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.